This morning in your Bible, we would invite you to turn to two different passages. First of all, Psalm 37. In your pew Bible, you can find this on page 641. And then our text that will be taken from Proverbs 23, verse 17 and 18, and you can find this on page 752 uh, in your pew Bible. So we read first from Psalm 37, and this is located on page 641 if you are using a pew Bible or a Bible that has the same uh, numeration as your pew Bible. And we remind ourselves as we read this that we have here the very Word of God itself, Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth, the Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied, but the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadow, shall vanish, into smoke they shall vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread." He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. 
The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man, and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed forever, the future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them, because they trust in him." We then turn to the words of our text this morning from Proverbs 23, uh, verses 17 and 18. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day, for surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, Uh, We have the opportunity this morning, as you can well tell, to install new office bearers, both in the office of elder and in the office of deacon. Uh, Not only do we install new office bearers, but we are beginning uh, a new year. Uh, We are one week in to that new year, but nevertheless, uh, we acknowledge that we have begun a new year. In such an occasion as this, the beginning of a new year and also the installation of office bearers as elders and deacons warrants a careful consideration, uh, not only upon Scripture, of course, but more specifically upon the theme uh, of how should we then live? How should we then live in this new year? How should an elder live? How should a deacon live? How should we go about our Christian calling? not only in the office of elder and of deacon, but by extension, how should we live in our Christian calling uh, of being a Christian? Uh, And part of the difficulty in living the Christian life is the reality that we have to live out that Christian life in the midst of a fallen, a perverse culture. We are called to shine as lights in the midst of the darkness, but the darkness continues to Uh, and make inroads within to our daily lives, within the areas in which we do our business. And so there is this question, how, how can we shine as lights in the midst of darkness? Well, I believe that a part of the answer is found within our text. As we have it before us, do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. Uh, and to all of the leadership of this congregation, uh, to the outgoing office bearers, to the incoming office bearers, and to the current office bearers, I would just give you a pastoral word of encouragement uh, to heed carefully the words of this text. Brothers, do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. A zeal for the fear of the Lord I believe is the key uh, to the living of the Christian life, also in the year of our Lord 2023. So I want to consider briefly this morning this theme, living with zeal for the fear of the Lord. 
And as we consider that theme, we'll notice, first of all, that this is a contrastive way to live. Secondly, this is to be a perpetual way to live. And then thirdly, this is a rewarded way to live. So our scriptural instruction is that we ought to live our daily lives, doing whatever our hands find themselves doing with a zeal for the Lord. And that's a contrastive way to live. It is to be a perpetual way to live, and it is a rewarded way to live. So first of all, then notice a contrastive way to live. Now, there are many, many things you can do in life. There are a variety, you might say, of vocations, occupations. There are a variety of places in which you can reside in your life. Uh, For you college and university students, you are well aware that there were a variety of institutions to which you could have submitted your admission application. Uh, You could have chosen to go to this institution or to that institution. And within these institutions, there is a variety of fields of studies. We might say that life has all sorts of variety. Also, when we consider the human race, uh, we talk in our culture about differing points of intersectionality. Uh, We talk about the rich, and we talk about the poor. Uh, We talk about this ethnic group, and we talk about that ethnic group. We talk perhaps about those who are very charismatic and and gifted, and we talk about those who perhaps uh, have less uh, social skills. Nevertheless, our Scripture is clear uh, when it breaks humanity down that there are only two classes, two groups, two different types of people. Uh, Psalm 1 makes this clear. Uh, There are those who are the godly, and there are those who are characterized by being wicked. Let that sink in for a moment. Two classes, two kinds, two groups of people. There are sinners. Now, I understand all of us are sinners, but when our text uses the idea here in verse 17 of sinners, This is impenitent sinners, habitual sinners, individuals who have set themselves in the determination of their own fallen heart to follow after their own will through life, regardless of the commandments and regardless of some type of fellowship with the Lord God. That is one category of humanity, rebellious, impenitent sinners. And in contrast, uh, there are also those who are characterized by having a fear of the Lord. Uh, Those who are characterized not by moral perfection. Uh, That's why we chose for our text of pardon the words from 1 John 1. If we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and we call God a liar. All of us have our own sin. All of us still wrestle with our own sinful nature. Nevertheless, those persons who have experienced the redemptive work of God's almighty grace have a new direction set within their heart, a new direction set within their life, uh, so that they can honestly be characterized as those who are godly, as those who seek to follow after their Lord and their God, uh, those who seek to lay the entirety of their being and the entirety of their life's purpose on the altar of sacrifice. Uh, not trying to obtain the favor of God, but in response to having obtained the gracious favor of God. And so there is, if you look back in Proverbs 1, uh, verse 7, uh, this point of this distinction within humanity. 
And it all comes down to the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so at the very base of this distinction between the two classes or the two kinds of human persons is whether or not a person possesses the fear of the Lord. And so I would just simply begin to make application by asking you to reflect upon the own disposition of your heart. Uh, are you one who fears the Lord, who humbles yourself before the Almighty God, who quiets yourself in the presence of a sovereign God, who realizes that the greatest blessing in life is fellowship with the highest good, God Himself. As you make your way throughout the days of your life, are the days of your life characterized by a fear of the Lord or a following after the way of sinners? If you turn to Proverbs 37, you'll notice that there is not only a comparison that is given in the contrastive way to live, but also that this comes with a warning. Uh, Proverbs, Psalm 37, rather, uh, verses 1 through 11, uh, gives a strong warning. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. Well, why, why not? Why should we not fret because of evildoers? They seem to always have the upper hand, do they not? Uh, the evildoers, those who are crooked in their lives, those who are crooked in their business practices, uh, they seem to always have the upper hand when it comes to financial resources, when it comes to earthly prosperity. They seem to be the movers and the shakers in society. Their institutions seem to grow and advance daily with nearly uh, unequaled speed. But notice verse 2, they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. And so the apparent prosperity of the wicked is set into its proper context by the reminder of the certain coming judgment of the Lord our God. And this is the warning. It may seem that the wicked prosper. And a word perhaps to our young people, when you look at the world, they seem they seem to be enjoying life. They seem, do they not, to be having all of the fun? You can look at some of the social icons of our day. They seem to have all of the material prosperity. They seem to obtain all of the hedonistic pleasure. It seems that they are always smiling, always laughing skipping their way through life, but I stress it only seems that way. For they are soon cut off. Just like the springtime and the summertime grass, it flourishes for a few weeks, a few months, but then comes the judging temperatures and the weather patterns of the fall and of the winter. And now when you drive by and look at the grass of the field, it's brown, it's withered, it's dead. So it is for those who live their life pursuing the pleasures of wickedness. Maybe for a short, brief season they have some external superficial joy, 
but it's not a lasting joy. It's not a solid joy. And so to all of us, but especially to our young people in this congregation, do not envy the sinners. Don't allow your heart to look at their life and say, oh, I wish I could have that. I wish I could go with them as they enjoy their pleasures. Because I assure you, whatever pleasure they may find is very, very, very superficial and very, very, very short-lived. In some, there are two ways to live one's life either pursuing the giddy laughter of fellow sinners or conducting your life according to the fear of the Lord. And this is a perpetual way to live in our second point. What I mean by that, this perpetual way to live, if you turn back to Proverbs 23, uh, verse 17, the second part, the first part, do not let your heart envy sinners but be zealous for the fear of the Lord. And then this phrase, all the day. All the day. A comprehensive fear of the Lord that impacts the entire duration of one's life and all of the different aspects of one's life. Uh, now, I just want to explain the grammar here. There is what we call an ellipsis. Uh, there's a word missing, and it's missing by emphasis. It's added or it's given by our translation You'll notice that zealous is italicized. In the original, that, that word is not there, and that's the ellipsis. And in that ellipsis, uh, it's a grammatical parallelism that emphasizes uh, the verb in the first part, do not let your heart envy sinners. And that word envy uh, is this desire. Don't let your heart desire with a fervent desire the way of sinners, but rather desire the fear of the Lord. Desire with a, with a passion. And, and, and Zalus captures the meaning. I just want to point out uh, the grammatical structure. Don't be passionate about the way of sinners, but rather be passionate, be zealous for the fear of of the Lord. And, and this fear of the Lord, again, is, is not some type of servile fear of, of trembling uh, that God is angry with us, because He's not angry with us. He has an eternal love for us, an eternal love that motivated Him to provide salvation for us and to give us every good and perfect gift. But rather, this fear, uh, synonyms might be a, a holy reverence an internal disposition of awe, characterized perhaps by what Isaiah had in his response when he saw the Lord high and lifted up. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. And the most critical thing for a congregation is to be impressed with this fear of the Lord, to know that God is God. To know that God is an almighty God, that God is a sovereign God, that God is a faithful God, that God is a covenant-making and keeping God, and that Christ is the head of the church. And this is what is necessary for all Christians, that we would have this reverence, this awe, this piety for the Lord and before the Lord. But I can't give you that 
fear of the Lord. I can't give myself that fear of the Lord. We can do all within our strength, all within our ability to explain that fear of the Lord and to encourage that fear of the Lord, but it's only through the Word of the Lord itself as blessed by the Spirit of the Lord uh, that one possesses this fear of the Lord. But I would say to this, especially for the leadership of this congregation, to myself and to the elders and to the deacons, this is what we most need, the fear of the Lord. Now, I'm not thinking of any one particular person, but I, over the years in the ministry, know that many, many a man comes into the office of deacon and elder with much fear and trembling. I don't want anyone in the congregation to think that your office bearers exalt themselves and walk into the council room thinking about time that I'm here. I have all the gifts and talents that this body needs. No, they come in with fear and trembling. Recognizing the weight of the office. Recognizing the importance of the work. Recognizing the one who has called them to office. But brothers... That's part of the fear of the Lord. And that's the most necessary characteristic for a faithful office bearer. To fear the Lord. To have a reverence for God. To have an awe for God. Displayed in a faithful life of genuine piety. And notice the phrase there again, all the day. Now January for some is the time of New Year's resolutions resolving to do something different in life, to attain perhaps some purpose. Uh, Many gyms, exercise gyms, they notice a great influx in January. January members, they call them. People who resolve to perhaps lose a few pounds, perhaps gain a little bit more strength, perhaps to get a little bit more fit. We call them January members for a reason. Because come February, they're nowhere to be seen. This fear of the Lord cannot be just something that we put on on Sundays. There's a danger to what we call compartmentalization within our lives. The fear of the Lord needs to characterize all our days. All our activities. What a man is in private is what a man is. And so for the office bearers, we need to be men of consistent integrity with the fear of the Lord impacting what we do in private, what we do in our homes, what we do in our workplaces, what we do in our interaction with our fellow office bearers, what we do in our interaction with the congregation. The fear of the Lord impacting, governing, guiding, directing all our days. And that's true also for us as a congregation. Our neighbors and our co-workers and our community members, they pick up any note of hypocrisy. And what hypocrisy does is it brings dishonor to our God. And it provides occasion for those who are scoffers to scoff at the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to mock and to ridicule and say, in essence, who do these people think they are? 
Oh, they talk about being godly persons. They talk about being valiant for the truth. But just look at the hypocrisy. The best antidote for hypocrisy is to be governed by the fear of the Lord all our days. From our youngest days to our last days, to our days spent in our vocational labors, to our days spent in our vocational activities. Uh, this is most important, the fear of the Lord, because this fear of the Lord is what will protect us from the temptations of sin. Uh, think of one example, Joseph, when he's caught uh, with the temptations of Potiphar's wife, what was it that motivated him to run? To run away from Potiphar's wife? The fear of the Lord. How can I commit this sin against my God? Now I said I cannot give you this fear of the Lord, I cannot give myself this fear of the Lord, but we can be earnestly in prayer that the Spirit would give us this fear of the Lord. And if we need the fear of the Lord all the days of our lives, there ought to be a prayer for the fear of the Lord all the days of our lives. And especially for the encouragement of the office bearers, uh, being zealous for the fear of the Lord will greatly assist us in our callings. Because what the fear of the Lord will do is at least this. If we have the fear of the Lord at every step of the way as we execute our offices, whether it be of deacons as those who display compassion to the congregation, or whether it be as elders, those who oversee the life and the doctrine of the congregation, the fear of the Lord will drive us back to the Word of God. If we have a fear of the Lord, we will not sit in the council room or in the diaconate meetings or in the elders' meetings and say, well, what do I think? What do I want? What do I believe is best? But we will continually go back to the Word of God saying, we fear the Lord. What does the Lord want? And not only that, but if we possess the fear of the Lord, it will provide proper motivation for our work. Because being an office bearer is work. And it's a sacrificial work. Now, there is not great earthly reward in being an elder and in being a deacon. It's a work of sacrifice. Time is given. Energy is given. And sometimes it's a difficult work. What is it that can motivate a man to continue faithfully in such sacrificial work? the fear of the Lord, knowing that we do not do these labors as unto ourselves, but that we serve our Lord. And our great desire, is it not, to hear our Lord say in His grace and in His mercy upon the completion of our labors, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Will that not be sufficient for all of the hours and all of the toil and bearing office? The fear of the Lord will also prevent pride. The man who fears the Lord is not a proud man. But I would say this, a proud man in the office is a disaster waiting to happen. A proud man has ruined many, many a church, many, many a consistory meeting, many, many a diaconate. There's no room for pride. And the person who is characterized by a genuine fear of the Lord has to be at least this, a humble man. Not a, not a weak man, but a humble man, recognizing that we are but servants of the Lord. The fear of the Lord will encourage unity among the brethren. 
If we all fear the Lord, that in and of itself is the greatest basis of unity. Now, we may disagree at times with one another. We may think that this is a better way, that that's a better decision, that this is a better policy. But if the consistory and the diaconate and the council can all sit together and say, one thing we know, we all fear the same Lord. That will be a solid foundation for true abiding unity, even in the midst of differences of opinion and differences of viewpoints. Finally, the fear of the Lord will also be the best antidote for the fear of man. The office bearer serves man, but the office bearer cannot fear man. This is most true, perhaps, when you stand behind the pulpit. A pulpit ministry will be ruined by the fear of man. If I am governed in the pulpit by only wanting to say that which I think will please the ears of those who hear, that will have a negative impact upon the ministry of the Word. And if the elders are governed only by a desire to please everyone, that will have a negative impact upon the activities of the consistory. And if the deacons are governed only by a desire uh, to satisfy uh, every opinion that anyone has, that will be detrimental to the activity of the deacons. But if we fear God, then we will serve. Then we will serve the congregation sacrificially, but we will not we will not be governed, not be governed by the congregation. Fear God above all, all the days of your lives. But why? Because it is a rewarded way to live. Uh, notice also in verse 16, uh, rather verse 18, for surely there is a hereafter and your hope will not be cut off. Temporal earthly life And this applies to all of us. Our temporal earthly life must be lived in the light of eternity. You can think of the farmer who plants the crop in the early spring. He does so anticipating what is to come in the fall. The planting is made in anticipation of the harvest. It'd be the foolish farmer who walks his fields a week after committing the seed into the ground and said, this is a total bust. This year is a total loss. Uh, Imagine a young beginning farmer saying such a thing and a wise farmer coming along and saying, just wait. Don't panic. Don't till up the ground. Don't sell the farm, so to speak. Just wait until the harvest. Be diligent throughout May, June, July, August, September. Do what needs to be done at each step of the growing season and do it all in anticipation of the harvest that is to come. And that really applies also to our labors. There is a future and there is an end, not an end in the sense of the conclusion of all things and the annihilation of all things, but there is an end, the end of eternity. And as office bearers, and also by extension as Christians, we must live our current life in view of eternity. 
And, and, and this ties into the fear of the Lord. The person who lives recognizing the reality of eternity will be the person who lives with a fear of the Lord. You can think of the conclusion of the whole matter as the Solomon says it. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Why? Because there is an end to all things. There is an end that will also bring upon the evaluation of all of our works. And what really ought to motivate uh, the office bearer, uh, and by extension the Christian, is recognizing that by grace, we want to emphasize that, by grace there is a reward that awaits the faithful exercise of the Christian life. And also the faithful exercise of being a Christian office bearer. Uh, you can think of 1 Peter uh, 1, rather 5, where Peter exhorts his fellow elders to faithfulness, knowing that you will receive an imperishable crown, but not here in this life, in the life to come. And also the deacons who serve well, what do they gain? Uh, they gain a good standing and great boldness in the faith. And so especially to uh, the brothers who have been placed into positions of leadership as deacons and as elders, do not envy the sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the days of your life, because there is an end, the life hereafter. And that's where the reward, by grace, will be given to faithfulness. And to us as a congregation, as we make our way throughout the days, weeks, and months of the year of our Lord, 2023, do not envy the sinners. They may appear to prosper, but their prosperity will be very, very, very short-lived in light of eternity. Don't envy the sinners, but rather be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the days of your life. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your life-giving word as it comes to us with such simplicity and clarity. Uh, we humbly ask that that word would fall upon receptive hearts. And by the very preaching of the gospel this morning, uh, would you cultivate within us an increasing fear of the Lord that would characterize our lives in a comprehensive sense. We pray this especially for the office bearers of this congregation. Uh, we know that their labors uh, are often intense, uh, can often cause uh, hands to hang down and knees to grow weak and feeble, but we pray that the fear of the Lord might motivate uh, faithfulness. We also pray, Father, especially for our young people. Uh, they are bombarded with messages from uh, culture and society. Uh, the, the message screams uh, that happiness, joy, and contentment is found in this way and in that way. Uh, many sinners cry out to them, say, come and join us. Uh, let us eat, drink, and be merry. Father, we pray that by your word and by your spirit, you would give our young people the fear of the Lord that would govern them into the paths of true joy and true peace and life everlasting. We pray this for Jesus' sake. Amen.